0: Good to have you all here this morning. Good morning, welcome to Friends. Um, so I get an opportunity to do what our charitable giving team normally does: stand up here and thank everyone for your generous donations. Kind of give you a little bit of a report of what's been going on on the financial front of Friends. We're grateful for the group of people that support Friends Church on the regular. We have uh, just over a hundred pre-authorized givers in this community. They have given us permission to reach into their credit card account or their bank account every month and pull out a little amount of money that they designate to Friends Church. And uh, they don't even ask us to remind them every time we do it. We just go. Now, we still send out a little email that happens every time you do it. But we're very grateful for that. And that helps us so much in being able to track, you know, project what we're going to have in terms of revenue to the end of the year. And then we spend accordingly. We have a board that kind of watches our finances on a monthly basis and as a staff team we report to them we make sure that everything that we're doing with the community's finances is above board and is um, smiled down on by the uh, forces of the Alberta and Canadian government. So we're, we're, we're making sure we're taking care of your money and stewarding it appropriately. We're grateful. It makes everything that we're doing here at Friends Church possible. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. At this time of the year, we always project what we're going to bring in in terms of general revenues for the year. Right now, we're about maybe $9,000 down on the year from what we were projecting. Now, in the grand scheme of things, is that a huge number? No, but it's a number. And right now, we have like a, this slow bleed every month. We're not quite taking in what we need. Now, I just want to let you know that so that there's no surprise. Probably in September, what we'll do is we'll say, hey, look at Can we all just pitch in just a little bit extra and let's clean that amount up? Probably that's what we're going to talk about in September, somewhere in there. I just want to let you know, all right? Just, just uh, sometimes those tidbits of information are important. Thank you again for all your support. Look, at, we're going to take a short, short break to reload the caffeine. Um, for some people, it's just a moment to check in. I appreciate, Kyla, what you did right at the beginning there, where you just said, let's just check in with ourselves. How are we? Where are we? What are we feeling right now? This is what the spiritual gym is all about. It's just a moment, a one hour window in your week to stop and check in with yourself. Who am I? What am I becoming? Am I making the choices I need to be making? Am I honoring my decisions? Whatever it looks like. Anyways, maybe you'll take a moment, this moment, to do that, or reload the coffee, or say hi to a friend, whatever you need to do, and then we'll join you up here in just a couple minutes, all right? Right on. Well, once again, good morning, everyone. Glad you're here at Friends Church. To our listening community who are out uh, either watching the live stream or going to be listening to the podcast, You're as much a part of our community as everyone that's sitting here looking at me in the face, Uh, and uh, we want to say a big welcome to you as well. Um, Last week, in case you weren't here or, or haven't had a chance to listen in, I talked about experiencing a vibrant and relevant spiritual journey, but in order to do that, it seems that there are these spiritual updates that are needed every now and then. Much like the apps on your phone or your laptop, every now and then you get a message saying, hey, update needed, and that little red circle appears and you take the time, if you're not too freaked out about what it might do to you or your phone or your laptop, and you hit update. And something magically happens and all of a sudden, things run maybe, hopefully, a little smoother, The spiritual journey I pitched is an invitation into a life of regularly evolving and updating. And it's been happening throughout the ages. Our ancestors have been doing it, and we talked stories about that happening. Um, But for those of us who grew up in religion, the idea of updating is a lot bigger of a deal than for those that have kind of stepped into the spiritual journey midstream who maybe weren't programmed from the time they were young in a lot of religious teaching or instruction. It's funny, this community, whenever we talk about this kind of thing, half are going, please, this is good stuff. I need this. Or we're in the process. or This has been a big deal. Or this has been hard. And then there's another part of our community that are going, I don't get the big deal. Like, and a lot of it is divided based on how much you grew up in a certain amount of teaching and religious training from the time you were young. And so anyways, this last week and this week is designed to speak toward predominantly those people that have been raised in some form of religious training and teaching. Uh, maybe you went to school or church as a kid. Maybe you grew up in a very religious family. There were just beliefs that were handed off or you were taught from the time you were young that maybe at some point became a little bit problematic. And so now the process of trying to update is upon you. For those that are in that window, a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning, and if you missed that message last week, really pertains. Now, for those of you that don't fall into that category as much, maybe you're on the sidelines going, I have no problem update. I hit that update button as quick as I can, and I have zero issues. Trust me, you will come across people who don't fall into that category. So pay attention, because even understanding what people go through in this season, what they may be wrestling, the, the stuff that can come out, the emotions that can come to the surface You'll be that much more prepared to be able to number one, empathize; number two, support them in their journey, even if it's not necessarily yours. So think of this as kind of a little coaching on how to love your religious neighbor who's going through some updates. All right. Uh, this morning we've been, or this this summer, we the whole series that we've kind of devoted the arc of the teaching to has been called stories that. It, that have changed the world. And this morning I invited David Hill here to tell his story. I look at David's story as kind of an archetype for a lot of spiritual change that has been happening over the last 20 years and that is increasingly happening in the religious world to date. And it just seems like it's it's growing. It's this massive tidal wave. There are parts of David's journey that I seem to hear again and again um, and anyways, uh, I want to just introduce you to Dave. Dave's been attending Friends Church now for almost 10 years. 10 goes by.: years. Fast. man has that ever?: yes. yeah. I remember some of our earliest times that we met and chatted, yeah. and as you begin to share your story, um, Yeah, Dave and I are golfing buddies now, mm-hmm. and uh, I've become very familiar with this story. What happens on the golf course stays on the golf course. Though, That's Jeff, our right? rule, pal. That's our rule.) <laughs> Uh, so we'll leave some of those stories alone, but anyways, I wanted you this morning to be able to share a little bit of what has gone on in your life, whatever, sure. maybe we could just start by, you could tell them a little bit about your, your own spiritual journey, kind of in that nutshell,
1: where sure. you come from early part. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. Um, so I was, uh, raised in a very traditional, um, Traditional is a kind word for fundamental, I think. <laughs> sure. But, but <clears throat> in in that sense, uh, we were in a uh, evangelical uh, church. Actually, uh, I would almost say now, looking back, it was Plymouth Brethren, a fairly closed, uh, tight, um, very fundamental, lived by certain codes, very patriarchal, mm-hmm. um, t- true to the scriptures in that in the sense that. Uh, they felt that no, we don 't need a pastor we we were on our own also mm-hmm. so laity was a was a big part of that mm-hmm. uh the The scriptures were big every every Sunday, somebody would would lead the the message on the what the what the Bible what the word of God was saying mm-hmm. and uh, so I was raised in that tradition uh, as a as an adult was baptized. Uh, I lived in the Caribbean for a number of years, and so there was a big part of of that was um, in a different culture but it's still very, very fundamental mm-hmm. and um, but there was, a, there was a lot of good things about that too mm-hmm. because there was no question what we were doing every Sunday yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you had that, that was happening you, you, you had to you dress up in nice clothes every Sunday, so that was kind of felt good, you know, mm-hmm. like that part of it mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then in my a- early adulthood uh, got involved, I did, I uh, was leading in Christian Service Brigade which is a uh, a corollary of the boy scout but a christian version, version. of that um, did uh, I even led and uh, later on Alpha groups? If you're familiar with the whole Alpha, bringing you know, designed to bring the lost sheep into the fold. Sure, I yes. was very much involved. My wife was involved with Sunday school, leading Bible studies. I led Bible studies. I led the men's ministry. You were and drinking I, the kool I, okay. <laughs> I was. I got a gold star <laughs> for. And then not only that, but my kids as they were raised, they were bringing their friends into the huh. church. They were baptizing people. Yeah. We were in that bi- baptismal tank. Regularly, wow. we were increasing so like the. Your,
0: your family picture was up in the, in the yes. foyer of the church, yeah. kind of the model family
1: <laughs> to follow. Exactly.
0: When, when I talk about this need to update and change, and the chances of your spiritual journey and what you know and believe probably needing to morph over time. If you think back to the David Hill 15 years ago, say, what would
1: your reaction have been to even what I was talking about last Shifting. week? Shifting, yeah. I guess I would have thought, well, well why shift when you're right? Huh. We, huh. we have a lock on the truth. So, so you know, and, and, and our, our truth um, was right, and, and the other 7.9 billion people in the world, well, they don't have it right. Hmm. And so... You're not even being facetious. No, no. I, yeah, that, that was I'm exactly. trying to relate it in a yeah. way that, yeah, we, yeah. we, we were right. Uh. But there were a couple of events um, that started in, in, in that solid foundation of fundamental and Bible-believing uh, world that I lived in. There was a couple of fissures that happened, and one was when I went to university. I was at a Christian uh, uh, residence. Yeah. It was about 40, small, great. It was really nice. And there was a church that was affiliated. It was a Baptist church, actually. And one Sunday, the, the, the preacher talked about the allegory of, of the creation story and of Adam and Eve, the allegory, what do you mean allegory? This is literal, this is six or seven days, why is he talking this way? And I, I thought, oh, back at lunch, We're going to have a conversation about that. I think there's going to be a buzz around the table. Everybody's going to be talking about this. So just to be clear that some of you would understand, there was this
0: suggestion that maybe this Adam and Eve story and the talking snake didn't actually literally happen but that it was an allegory that was controversial and you're like what the heck what? are you even suggesting okay. i'm at,
1: a, I'm at a, this is a christian college at ubc at, right i was a residence there yeah. with a lot of people doing yeah. theology degrees mm-hmm. masters and different and i thought okay yeah. there's going to be conversation at lunch so we get at the table at lunch i'm, I'm like no oh, they're talking about the football game they're talking about all these other things like guys what didn't you hear that did he say that allegory yeah yeah don't you believe that that, yeah, no, some people think it's literal. A lot of people think it's just allegorical. It was a way to, yeah. to tell us, uh, to help us understand that God created the world in whatever fashion he chose. And that but, was just melting you, oh, melting wow. your mind. So that was a fissure. Okay. And then, and then another one was when my son uh, was evangelizing his friends and his friend started asking tough questions. And one day my son came and he said, Dad, he said, uh, can you help me answer some of these questions? And they were the tough Questions: Heaven, hell, uh, where am I going? Why? If God said there's a choice, is there really a choice? Go and burn in hell, or or become a Christian? That's not a choice. But what? uh, Help me understand. So, and and I I tried to give him the answers, but I the answers I was giving him were not they were not cutting the mustard. Uh And this guy who was asking the questions, and so that was another Fisher. You felt the, like maybe your argument and the foundation. bigger thing wasn't as convincing. Yeah, and so I even mm. started to... Mm. I started a process, but it was still pretty... Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good, rock-solid foundation of who I was. and A number of years ago, though, <clears throat> there was a big one mm-hmm. that happened that right. really
0: set the f- kind of shifted or started yeah. as a catalyst. Yes. I want you to... T- Tell us a little yeah. bit about that.
1: So so uh, I have three sons. Um, two, uh, by this time, two of the sons had left home. My third one was still at home going to university. And he said to his mom and I, um, hey, you know, uh, guys, I need some time to talk with you tonight. I said, oh, really? It sounds like we've got to put the coffee pot on for this. He said, yeah, you might want to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, let's, let's do this. Let's slowly sit at the table, get the coffee pot going and... I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's some financial thing going on. Maybe there's some addiction thing going on. Maybe he's in trouble with the law. All these things. Or the worst thing that could possibly happen to an evangelical family is somebody got pregnant, right? Hmm. That was like, oh, boy. That was the bad one. Because Kevin Kevin had a lot of girlfriends. Uh In fact, at his last birthday party... He had there was like nine girls and two guys. Oh wow! And they are, were lovely. Those are healthy girls. ratios. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. That's my boy. And 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 so as it turned out, those friends happened to be girls. Because he came he came to us and he said, "I'm gay. You need to know that I'm I'm gay." And I he said, "I've only come to it actually recently myself." Hmm. And I wanted you guys to know first. And wow, that was like that was next to the pregnancy thing. That was that might have even trumped it because, whoa, really? A, I had no idea. Yeah, usually, often yeah. it was yeah. like just yeah, cut you right out of the. B, book. what is this? What are the ripple effects going to be here about <sighs> my church life, my family? We're going to have to tell family members. We're gonna, although most of the time, I think my family were pretty were pretty okay with it. They weren't really. Railing against, they weren't going to pride parades, but right. they weren't uh, sure. against it. Sure, and so it was um, a bit of a whew, whoa. This is, but but I knew that he needed our support, and so it wasn't a knee jerk reaction for me to just throw my hands. It no. was a cerebral override that said, "No, he needs our support." And after he told us, we both reached out and but gave physically gave him a hug. But it was like, whoa, what does this mean now Yeah, like in all honesty, your logic was telling you, okay, the right thing to do right now yes. is to hug him. Right, support, but, give him verbal support. But what
0: you were feeling inside might not have been all of that. You might right, it going, was, wow, what does
1: this mean now? Sure. At that
0: time, spiritual belief-wise, what, what did you
1: think of homosexuality at that time? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I guess... Um, What's what's another interesting piece of this puzzle, I had an uncle, whose name happened to also be David Hill, and he uh, came to my sister's wedding from New York. He lived in New York in 1983, and it was around that time or shortly thereafter, he informed us that he had AIDS Mm. and he was dying. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he did pass. And I re- always remember this guy. Uh, he was very flamboyant, mm-hmm. had all the latest mm-hmm. uh, accoutrements, a lovely flowing hair. Mm-hmm. And I re- always remember my mother was very close to him, always supportive of him. And always. Mm-hmm. And I never heard my dad make any disparaging word against him or against the gay community ever. Right. So our family was not necessarily an anti-gay yeah. uh, sure. family. Sure. But but still, it's one thing to cerebrally think that it's okay, but it's, uh, when it actually visits you, you're going, ooh, what is the implication of sure. this spiritually? What is his, his security of his soul and the afterlife? What is, is that all okay? I think I was, I was getting there at the time when he came out. It had mm-hmm. been earlier because earlier, and I have to share, this is important, that when the kids were really little, I remember I heard a story about somebody who came out in the church, and I remember thinking, oh, boy, I have three sons God, if you can avoid that mm-hmm. little stuff. in fact, in fact, it would almost be better if they died in a car accident. I could handle that wow. better, than, and, and that's wow. for shame. Yeah, for shame on yeah. me, and I have guilt that I yeah. still. Yeah, but that was that true. That was where you were. That's where yeah. I was. Now, at the time when he came out, I was not at that at that, at that point. I and and through my uncle, and you know that uncle was always kind to me. Huh? huh. Always. Huh. Wow. <laughs> and so it was special yeah. and when he, he passed, I remember thinking oh, it was too bad, you know, we had a yeah. um, uh, family grieving, really, yeah. about it and he was gay and everybody knew he was gay and my yeah. mother was yeah. she, in fact, they were on the phone to him on his last days wow. and uh, so I saw that there was support yeah. so it wasn't yeah. necessarily the evil thing. but then many years have passed and now it's visiting on me, it's yeah. like, okay Dave now you're at the plate how are you going to handle right. this?
0: Right? At this time, you're involved in a very, like you said, evangelical community that mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been friendly toward this concept. Or you, no. you didn't know, maybe. Didn't
1: know. yeah. So I was a bit naive, actually. Because where else, where God's love is being centered, w- wouldn't that be the best place to come out?
0: Hmm.
1: Turns out it wasn't.
0: Tell tell us about how you, obviously your son comes out, Kevin comes out, you start thinking about the ramifications. Right. Maybe you're not absolutely anti-gay, but you're still wrestling yeah. through the spiritual what beliefs of this. Yeah. yeah, what does this mean? But automatically you start worrying about, okay, how, how does this news get relayed out, right. and how is that going to happen?
1: right. right. Spe- specifically the church. I think yeah, that was think your that was primary concern. Primary concern. And so we didn't go out and make it a, a big um, topic. We didn't advertise no. that this had happened. Although we did share with a few close friends what had gone. And they were generally supportive. Were they? they weren't, yeah. you know, they were, they were. But we sort of knew they kind of would be. What was really interesting. You picked those people yeah. carefully. Yeah. What was really interesting, though, was that when, one Sunday we were in the foyer talking and one of the... One of the leaders actually employed pastors. It was kind of a large church. And uh, she kind of looked at Barb and I. We were kind of, this is after, right after Kevin had come out. And we were kind of still kind of working through it. And she sensed something. And she came up and said, is everything okay? How's everything going? I said, well, you know, we've had, uh, we've had this issue. And uh, Kevin has come out. And we told them. And Oh, wow. Why don't you come over for lunch? Come to our house for lunch. So we went to their house for lunch, hmm. and we told them about the story about Kevin coming out. And then they said, "Well, we have information. Our our daughter has come out." Oh, was I was like, "Really?" Her daughter, here she's a leader in the church wow. and a paid pastor, and the daughter has just come out. This must have been and good I, news. So, so it was like, wow. Really? So we could connect yeah. with these people. Yeah. because um, And we could understand. And so we commiserated. We were, yeah. uh, it, yes, it definitely helped us together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and so part of that was, well, how are you processing it? Well, you know, we've gone to the scriptures, a lot of prayer, and we, yeah. we think that God is endorsing this type of lifestyle. Mm. We, we think it's okay. Okay. Uh, and so that gave me a green light to say, oh, good. I mean, I don't have to fight the scriptures. And uh, No, we think it's, you know, because he was, he was a very big into linguist and Bible translation. And okay. he said, No, I think there's accommodation there. And so I was okay. like, whoa. So belief-wise,
0: they were yeah. coming out and saying, hey, look okay, I think the Bible yeah. is not maybe saying what we thought it was saying. Yeah, right.
1: And they're coming out, but it's here. funny that it takes that for you to start to think, even be open think to that. it. Yeah. 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 So you were doing your own searching, though. Yes, absolutely. We've got books and everything, movies yeah. and stuff. One of the one of the movies that was helpful was um, the uh, and what was the name of the uh, movie yeah. that I mentioned? Yeah. For, the, for, Bible for, for, for me. the Bible tells us so. Yeah. Uh, or tells me so. Yeah. And it yeah. was a story. A like tragic a documentary. Story about, about, it was a documentary. Yeah. 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 And we had rented it, actually, and watched it, and then... Of a, of a, of a gay child. Child, who came out in the church, in the church. Of the church yeah. and it didn't go well. Right. And uh, so we, we watched it, it was like, whoa, that was a, you know, quite a powerful message mm-hmm. about, kind of a cautionary tale about, you know, you need to be a little bit more open-minded about this. That was kind and, of the bottom line yeah. behind it all. Yeah. And so... Um, the, uh, we had gone away the weekend and we had left it out, the DVD out. And when we came back, I saw it was in a different place. I said, oh, Kevin, did you, did you move that? He says, oh, I watched it. I put it in the DVD. I said, what did you think of, of that movie? He says, I cried through most of it. Wow, wow, that was a bit of a... Because Barb and I watched it. And we, we didn't cry, but it was, you know, it was sad. It was, it was, he cried. Huh. That's how much he could relate to it. So that was another... Oh. This is, a, this is a real thing. Yeah. This, is, this is affecting him. This is important for right. him. It's important for us. So right. that was a, uh, an eye-opener. At some too.
0: point, you went to the leadership of the church, hoping yes. maybe to find
1: some common ground. One of the things that I saw there was um, a lack of support. It wasn't, wasn't anti, but there was just, it was by its absence in the leadership, um, it was telling me something. And then there was a sermon. Like there wasn't a lot of talk about... No. Th- about homosexuality or what to do with no. the LGBTQ no. community. But it's uh, maybe not by coincidence, I don't know, but it was only a couple months later that there was a message about homosexuality. So you had
0: told them
1: yeah. what, it, what had happened? Yeah, yeah. And, and and we had told some and we knew, and Kevin had been telling. He'd okay. been coming out to okay. friends in the youth okay. group. Okay, so it was getting out. Yeah, so it was getting out. We knew that the uh, evidence, we hadn't specifically told the pastor himself, but we knew that evidence that they had known. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but uh, there was that message, and it was very, very excoriating and damning. The, okay, so this again. was a Sunday morning message That's that came a Sunday out. Sunday morning message that came out, and that was a time when we both thought, "Wow!" So it was very negative toward very
0: negative very toward negative. anyone that would be sympathetic or anyone yeah. that was in the gay
1: community. There was a kind of a clear oh, line of saying, yeah. "Look, it this yeah. is bad or wrong or something." And there was there was an emphasis, an unneeded emphasis from my point of view of just how bad and in, in fact the word shameful was in the, in the translation mm-hmm. that and he, he said the word twice huh. shameful huh. in his message that this is a shameful practice
0: like and okay was, so you're sitting there listening you're like oh my god I can't be th- believe this is going on uh, that they're this negative you're kind of connecting the dots going okay yeah. maybe this won't be that friendly for right. my son right um like at that point are you starting to consider if we continue to embrace our son and and actually support him in this belief and we start changing our beliefs that this community yeah. might
1: not be a right. family. That's exactly right. But we thought we were naive enough, I guess, to think, well, no, no, we'll say because if you leave that, this is, we don't other have other family in Alberta, right? We came out from, from BC, and yeah. this is, we, this, the, the church, church. Is everything. These are all our friends, this is our community, this is, and the church has offered me tremendous opportunity in leadership and helping people and connecting with people, so it's not, I, I, don't, I don't want to make sure that I don't like, damn the church. Right. No, there was so much positive. My right. kids were all in youth group. They got to go to camps. They got to have experiences that were amazing. It was truly so many great, rich yeah. Yeah. Uh, place for us to have been. Right. Um, but at, one, at some point, and I think it was, too, when one of the pastors made a derogatory joke in part of his sermon against the gay community that we just we kind of looked at each other and we both decided, you know what? We can't do this anymore. Oh. We can't. We can't be here. It's not a safe place. Don't feel safe. And would I feel safe uh, for Kevin to be here and listening to that? Right. No. So if he's not, then we're not.
0: I think for people who never grew up in a real rich church environment Mm -hmm. like that, where your life Mm -hmm. is the community wrapped up in this church experience, and then something like this happens where you're contemplating having to even move out of the Mm -hmm. community. Because there's many that I know who are experiencing incredible dissonance with their beliefs within a church community, but they are going, I think we can figure out a way. I don't want to leave this community. It's hard for people sitting outside of that to go, are you crazy? They don't support your belief or they're negative toward you for thinking this way or whatever. Are you crazy for not leaving that? I think oftentimes they don't realize... the power and the need for the right. community and relationships. Right, yeah. And so that was, this wasn't just an automatic, no. oh, we, we're gonna... It was
1: almost a year. A year, even after our, all after oh, that stuff going came on. out. Yeah. Then we left. Yeah.
0: So, so you decided to make the jump. You yeah. said, okay, well, we gotta kind of find our way. Yeah. If you were to look back now at even that period where there are specific beliefs that you went,
1: okay, mm-hmm. or, uh, this, this has to go, or this has to change. Yeah. What Can you... Yeah. So in that, so in our search, in looking, doing the reading, and, and I'm going, yeah, no, there's, there's some misogynist, there's some, there's some cultural stuff that's gone on to the scriptures here mm-hmm. that's happened, that's informed them a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start, and then I got further reading on the conversation books and different things, mm-hmm. just an openness about really, is really God, do you really think... Is for, so, for example, atonement—that mm-hmm. was, you know—that's kind of a the, salvation talk. Are yeah, you saved and going to heaven? Or are you going to go to hell? Yeah. Yes. You, the, the blood of Jesus—the is the only way to remission your, of your mm-hmm. sins right? mm-hmm. It's the remission. She sins. started. So I'm going. No, with some of that's that. not. And then what about this whole salvation thing? Like, just because you say a few words, you do the prayer—that's it? God, you know, it's like, really? Well, what mm-hmm. if you were high at the time? What if you, were you know, I, I don't know. What, does it? Did it still count? Um, uh, was there hell? The concept mm-hmm. of hell. And that was the one movie that I saw. It was uh, coming Sunday or something about a, yeah. a Southern Baptist pastor who, who, who had this image in his head of this kid being born into this poorest, remotest place in Africa or in India having a horrible life of abuse mm-hmm. and just struggling to, to stay alive. And then they die, and guess what? It gets a lot worse. Now you're going to a, eternal hell. Because, because you, you didn't, didn't know, know the Jesus. Right, right. Uh, it's like he, he came to that, and I'm going, yeah, I get you, man. Uh-huh. Um, and he ended up having to leave his church because it was not consistent with the...
0: I, I want to say something here, and we've been talking about this for a while now, and for those of you that have been part of this community for a long time, you'll recognize this, but we've been talking about the stages of spiritual development how behavioral psychologists who have watched human development happen, they have watched patterns. And, 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 and they've broken them down into kind of stages that are typical of people's spiritual journey. The spiritual journey for most people begins at stage two. Stage two, if you can think of a young child, maybe age six to nine, the world is very binary. It's kind of black and white. They look at good versus evil, us versus them. That's, that's a bad guy. This is a good guy. It's very clean and neat and tidy categories that get divided up. And the spiritual journey in stage two is very much like that. Mm-hmm. We get taught things. We go, oh, that's what we believe. Okay, I'm in. We hear a Bible story and we go, that's how it happened. We go, okay, sure, that's how it happened. And we, we take this all in in a very binary way, very simplified way of looking at the complexity of life. But these experts say that you come to this point, and Dave is describing, as he's wrestling with some of these things, when you start shifting into stage three. Stage two is kind of that adolescent stage. Stage three is when you move into like your heavy teen years, where you start questioning you start questioning your own assumptions. You start going, wait a second, do I even believe that? My mom told me that one time, but I, they just told me something different, and I'm not even sure if she was right about that. And you begin examining more and more. This is a skeptic phase. Oftentimes, the skeptic phase gets entered through an event, mm-hmm. much like Kevin's coming out. Some of you have stories of divorce, some of you have stories of a sickness, a tragic death in the family. Sometimes it can it can be just a small thing that just goes sideways, and sudden you're left going, "Okay, now this isn't adding up." Because it, I believed if I follow all these rules, this kind of thing shouldn't happen, and it did happen. So here's Dave, now full blown skeptic mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm re-examining a bunch of beliefs. Mm -hmm. You're kind of more divorcing from your church community. Mm -hmm. But it always blows me away that you stayed in the game in terms of the spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. You didn't give up on that. Can we just talk about some things that you did in that season of wandering or, or searching or trying to Skeptic, your way through it yeah. to
1: find better answers? Like, what were some things you did uh, that helped? I think I always knew there was, I never lost faith in a power, a creation hmm. of hmm. some kind. Okay. To even use the term God or even use the pronoun he, I feel it's so limited. Yeah. Because we ascribe maleness and, yeah. and femaleness right. or whatever. It's not. Right. It's every, it's, in my view, it's, it's everything. God, this power is everything. We just haven't really learned to tap into it. I kind of liken it to uh, a few hundred years ago, this electricity, the magnetic field, radio waves. These are all invisible things, but they are very real. Hmm. We're able now to make use of them, right? And there's maybe another power that maybe we haven't also yet known that's connecting with that, that great it's mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily a, if you pray this well. There's not an equation. It's more complicated. Okay. But, but So your belief in this higher force, power, yes. life
0: force, whatever, that never waned? No.
1: You held on to that? Yeah. yeah. Because but, I just felt that we got, there was too much man's... It was so contrived, huh. the whole notion of religion, that sure. we've taken something and made it into something that maybe we can practice. But it's that, that, that something that is still there and is real, and is powerful, and is. So, were you just coming up with this? Were you reading stuff? Were you listening? I just felt it. I felt okay. it too. But I did. I did do some um, reading. Yeah. Um, I read, like I said, those conversation books. Uh, yeah. Some of the movies. It's and stuff. It's called Conversations with God. With God yeah, yeah. Donald. And there's Wolf. a series. Donald. There's Watch? a series. There's a number of yeah. books that I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. Yeah. Um, and and I found that 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 to be helpful. I found. Uh, talking to that, that other other family who had somebody who came out, that was useful. Um, I, ran, I met my pastor from 30 years ago in a different church. He had uh, he had gone on to do other missionary work in Nigeria, and and went, and I bumped into him again, and I found out that he had totally his total faith had shifted. And Because we got into a conversation. And he said, oh, I'm really struggling at church. I said, why? He said, well, some of the concepts, just like I mentioned, heaven, hell, atonement, all these different things. He said, I'm really struggling. Wow, really? So, am I? And, and he's a pastor. And I think even for a pastor to shift is a lot more difficult. Because what about all the messages you preached on the hard and fundamental stuff? What happened to all that? That you shape people's lives through those. But now, and now here you are. Well, no. Uh, can I just take that back? Can I do a little amendment? You, it's hard to do that, right? I just want to say, you know, for anyone that's <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> um, it's interesting how if you've been in this kind of place, you will know when Dave says, like his radar goes off to someone that may be more sympathetic to the shift to the updates in their softness of their language, yeah. in the in ways that they'll say, well, it's maybe not quite <laughs> as simplistic as I once believed. Mm, what's that? Say more. Say yeah. more. <laughs> and if you're in this place and you're looking for others that are compassionate or open to that challenge, that's a, yeah, it, it, yeah you, you develop an ear for it, which is, you know, something that we've hoped to build more and more here as people come in gun shy of of how much they can share of their own journey, worried that they might be judged in our community. They might believe the wrong things or not believe the right things. Being able to soften the language and say, "Hmm, yeah, I'm not sure about some of that stuff," mm-hmm. but but anyways, I, I yeah. digress. So you yeah. so you met that pastor that was yeah, encouraging. That,
1: that was encouraging. We still keep up with them and yeah. visit with them. And, okay, and, and we share books and and you know, maybe it, often around the LGBTQ issue because that just seems to be the issue that is the lightning rod that makes you start to examine a lot of right. things for that some reason. That seems
0: to be one of the yeah biggies right yeah. now. Maybe divorce was at one time. Yes. It yeah. was a big one. That's true, right? It's yeah. So it kind of moves off that, moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Were there any books that you read that...
1: Uh, okay, so you mentioned Conversations yeah. with God. Yeah, uh, but also Kathy Escobar's Face Shift. Face was, Shift. It was a, an excellent... Because I read myself. Man, she, she's writing exactly how I feel, how I've done things. Some of the phrasing that we ah. use. Uh, ah. When I was growing up, it was always important to be in the center of God's will. Huh. Uh, what does that even mean? Yeah. I, I was a, but I was able now to ask that question. I just use that language all the time and never thought sure. of it. Now sure. you go, okay, well, what does that actually look like? Yeah, And she was taught, she's, she's examining the it. same thing and yeah. all these, yeah. these little quirky things that we do in, in the evangelical
0: world. But, so I know that there's some people here that are, it never grew up in any of this. Some of this is like total jargon. You're going, what the hell? <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's so great that you even just understand that this is a very real thing, that these beliefs have such power grip. and a grip. Yeah. And when, when you start saying, well, maybe I, I don't know if this makes as much sense to me anymore, the emotional fear that that can create in someone going, if I let go of this, is Am I going to trigger some kind of greater consequence or whatever? So for someone to come along, write a book, and say, have you ever wondered this? Have you ever felt this way? Yeah, me
1: too. Yeah.
0: Talk about that feeling yeah. of all of a sudden discovering other
1: people yeah. who are yeah. thinking the yeah. same way. It is, it's so interesting um, because when I read that book and I've shared it with other people and stuff, one of the things that I observed in my own family members, there's four siblings and two parents, all of us, almost around the same time, independent of each other, and even their spouses, have shifted. Hmm. Fascinating. And, and by shifted, you're talking updated. Yeah, updated. And a lot software. of it is, yeah. is, is the, the, the initial thing was about the LGBTQ. Huh. If we're wrong about that, Huh. What, else what else are we wrong about? Huh. Right? It, it's, right. it creates that conversation. Right.
0: The updating process tends to work that way. You start with one, yeah. and then all of a sudden you start going, uh oh, <laughs> this over here <laughs> might need a little revisit. Yeah. Okay? And then, uh oh, oh yeah. you know, and sometimes yeah. there's been people in our community we've had chats with, they've been in that updating right. phase for years, not realizing there's some other beliefs. That are tied to certain things that they undid. That now they're just realizing we're connected, and now they're going, "Oh no, that makes for a problem there." So yeah. it's, it can be a, an ongoing. Pr- Have you found that it wasn't yes, just a one, absolutely. one yeah. and
1: done kind of upgrade? Right. right, It's it's always and it's it's. And that's, but that's what a journey is. Mm-hmm. It's seeking truth mm-hmm. and, and updating. That's mm-hmm. what it is, and so it's okay yeah. to to change your. To shift, yeah, I gave myself permission to yeah. do that, and it's been interesting conversations we've had with family members. Did you think that? What did you think about? It? Oh, mm. oh, really? You think? Oh, so do I. Mm. It was like, like nobody was trying to convince each other, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things because in the church we were always taught to proselytize, to convince, to sell, right? right the right. the gospel. Yeah. Um, How many
0: have ever been hard sold on something <laughs> by someone in the church? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, but now I've realized no. There's, life's too short, hmm. and and so where I am in my spiritual journey isn't where you are, and so I don't need to convince you. To, no, you need to you need to be right. where I am. Right. No. Right. No, you need to go on what's working for you, and right. I encourage you to do that, even although it's not where I am. Uh, you know, go. Yeah, find out. David started a discussion group here at Friends a number of years
0: back, yep. and it was all based on that. It's just mm-hmm. like, man, we're all on this journey, and we're looking at things in a different way. I'd love to be able to hear. You know, after a message,
1: how yeah. it's landing on different ones yeah. and ways that they interpreted it and understood yeah. it. We've had great conversations too. I think maybe we'll think about starting it up again in the fall. But yeah. um it was so great to hear other because I, I, I'm, I'm exposing myself to their thoughts, which are sometimes new thoughts. Yeah. So we've had some great conversations mm. in there. Again, not about trying to convince each other that, of their thought. It's just sharing an mm-hmm. open sharing. There's no agenda. Right. Uh, it's about just. Hey, what did you think about that? Dave, we've got to wrap
0: this up. Sure. But for, for people that would be listening to this um, message, and I know that there are a pile of people that are downloading our podcasts right now who are sitting in more traditional churches
1: mm-hmm.
0: who are in the middle of the dissonance. Yeah. And something's shifting and they're freaking out right now. Yeah. And they're afraid to come out and admit that it's not making sense Mm -hmm. like it once did, but they're trying to figure out what their next steps are. Would you have advice or just anything that you would encourage them to think about doing in this season?
1: Uh, Yeah. So I know when Kevin first came out, um, we had, we had a lot of thinking to do. It was a kind of a, a dark moment, but as it turns out, it was a beautiful moment mm-hmm. because it took us on a journey that, wow, just enlightenment, right? Um, I think my wife was a little slower in the sense that she thought, well, no, this, we believe in God. He can be healed, right? And so there was that, there's wow. that element uh, that's strong in the evangelical church to say, no, 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 we can fix this. It's just... Um, and, but then it wasn't long before, you know, she saw him. She saw who he was. Mm-hmm. And you like, no. And she began to celebrate who he was. Mm. And that that's a real shift, yeah. right? And so yeah. it was a beautiful thing to see. Because right. some of these things can be divisive among a, a couple. Sure. You can really, no, no, we have to do this. No, no, we have to do this. And it was just like, no. It, we were, again, we, we both started on our own journey. Yeah. And she saw that this was something actually... We can celebrate about Kevin. At at the time, giving her the room to be able
0: to see rather than forcing her to come to the conclusion you were at right Right. away, probably. Well,
1: not right away.
0: It it took me a little while to get there, but yeah. I I love that advice. Like even just challenging people, sometimes as you start going through the dissonance, not everyone's going to celebrate your... Your new understanding, right? Or your questioning? Some are going to be very threatened by it, yeah. And so,
1: I think going. So yeah. So don't not necessarily trying to say that, but but embrace it because now, as a result of that moment, we now embarked on our journeys. Mm -hmm. Not about Kevin had his own journey, right? Mm -hmm. He's figuring that out, but we had now our own, Mm -hmm. and that was an amazing thing, and it brought us to different people. So really embracing when when that dark time comes, or when that. To say, hey, this is a this God has placed a journey in my path. Let's let's see where it goes. goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, the other thing that um, I think was useful was just um, getting to know Kevin and his friends. One time, he he brought over. uh, They visited Calgary. He's out in Vancouver, and there was a bunch of his uh, friends. And they were, I think, they were mostly gay. There was uh, like a group group of about eight of them Mm -hmm. that came, and they came to our house, and we had a we had an evening with them. And you know, I have to say, we had such a great time. <sighs> these are strangers yeah. um, that came, and we, we felt like we were best friends for, the, for life. Wow. And I tried to put my finger on, why is it that I had such a great time? My wife and I just had a great time with these guys. And uh, I, I guess part of my thinking is that these are people who have always uh, been aware of being accepted. Mm-hmm. They've always had that... Kind of am I going to be accepted in this group or not, or mm-hmm. whatever, and so when they were in, in, a, in, in my house, they accepted me, hmm. open arms, because wow. I think they have been the ones who yeah. wondered about what, and right. they just accepted us wow. so like we were even yeah. some of even our views that may not agree with that, they yeah. accepted wow, and there was that acceptance that just yeah. Was like a, a glue, Yeah. and it was so we we know his Kevin's friends now for right. like they're great people, right? right. We, we met them; they're friends of ours. Mm. Um, so the other thing that I would suggest, if it's if it's around the area of LGBTQ, Kevin and his partner invited us to a drag show, hmm. and that was An experience that, that took me. I, that I was I was I you out of your okay. Zone. Hey, would you yeah. like to come to a drag show? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I you. think we... So we went yeah. and we went with some friends and, we, and, we, and, and I, I remember having the picture behind me of every single Sunday school teacher <laughs> that ever I had are all going, oh my God, we failed this child. Look at him, he's at this despicable drag show. Drag shows are great. We oh. had a great time, we had... And what was really unique about that, it was a hot night, we were at a rooftop place and after the show we decided, oh, instead of going let's just go out onto the balcony and have a drink. And so we did that. And uh, most of the people cleared out, and it was just sort of our group that were still there. And the performers were still half out of their costumes and makeup, Mm. and because they were hot, they came out onto the balcony. And they had a drink with us. Huh. And we got to know these people. Wow. Oh, fascinating wow. stories. One guy was the, uh, 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 a preacher's kid, a Baptist minister's wow. kid. And on uh, his journey, what it was like. So it was so wow. amazing. Yeah. We had the most amazing. They had to kick us out of there at 1 o'clock or something because it was time to <laughs> shut down. So, <laughs> I, You know, Dave, we, I am so proud. Uh,
0: thinking of you and the person you were 10, 15 years ago. Yeah to this place where you have allowed even the fears, the the confusion, the loss of community to not push you back, to not make you turn around, go back to what once was yeah. familiar. Yeah. But you you soldiered through it to come to this new place now in your life. And, you know, I'm thinking about all the different people. Your your challenge, your journey, your change, your update could fall into a hundred different categories. Not necessarily the LGBTQ. I mean, you might go, I have zero issues there. Your change might come from another completely different area. But the openness, the ability to just say, let's just wade into this. Let's sit out on the patio with some people who I've looked at from a different lens and struggled with. Let's just see them up close or whatever it is. Our our challenge today is that you would not resist the update that's waiting for you in your inbox. You see that red light on your phone flashing some part of your spiritual journey is saying, this is no longer compatible. We need to update. I don't know what that might be for you. I pray, though, that you'll be courageous, that you'll, you'll step into it and experience the spiritual, the, the vibrant and the relevant spiritual journey that lies on the other side, even though there might be a cost. That's our prayer for you. We pray that Friends Church will be the safe space for people who are walking in these doors going, my God, I, I can't believe I'm even doing this and I'm worried, now come on in. What's the challenge? Where are you at? Where's the question? Where's the skeptic speaking right now? May this be a place where people can wrestle it out. They can pitch out stuff that isn't working. Maybe practice new belief that makes sense. And may in the process, may we build beautiful, true expressions of our spiritual journeys together. Even though all of them are going to look a little different than the next. That's our prayer. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate you you sharing your story. Awesome. Have a great week, everyone. Vince is back next week. We'll see you then.